When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the Sixer Sense Podcast, hosted by co-site experts Lucas Johnson and Christopher Klein. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of our podcast. I'm Lucas, I got Uriah here, still no Chris, but that's okay. We still got a lot of stuff to talk about this offseason, don't we, Uriah? We have plenty to talk about. Not only that, Lucas, we're going to be talking about a very popular movie on Netflix. And just for the people out there, we will let you know when we start that. There will be spoilers. But anyway, what's how's your weekend been? Pretty good. I found out Friday night that I've passed my praxis, so that means I can teach next year. Well, technically, I can get a temporary license. But yeah, thank you. Congratulations, man. It's not easy to pass those those statewide exams. No, nah, so, man. So I took good. the day before off from work, took, took a personal day so I could study all day. There you go. It, that's how yeah, you it was. That's how you got to do it, man. Especially because I haven't been in college for like seven years. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while. You're that old? My goodness. I, yeah, I mean, I'm going to be, Uriah, I'm going to be old joining you in the old heads soon because guess what? I'm going to be 30 this year. Wow. We got, when's your birthday? We got to celebrate. November, November 4th. That's right. That's right. You and I, we share the same birthday month. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, cool, man. Um, You want to get right into it? You ready? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's just jump into it. Let's do it. For the people who are wondering, what is going on with James Harden these days? He may be partying, but from all the reports we've seen he's actually in the gym working out getting his body in tip-top shape and obviously refining those already outstanding skills that we know him to have but recently Lucas there was an article uh, that I read on the Liberty Line and they were talking about in the article how he's been working with uh, an elite trainer so just to give people context I'll read the name of the person that he's working with so that he can come back next season stronger. So it says, James Harden seems to be taking the necessary steps to get his body right. He has been working out with Paul J. Fabritz of PJF Performance. Fabritz is a very well-known NBA performance specialist. It's not your typical skills trainer either. His program is all about athleticism and durability. Harden has been dealing with a nagging hamstring injury, so the idea is that this offseason would be finally his time to rehab it. Instead, he's going above and beyond to treat his body. Harden spent time with favorites back in 2016 when he was in the best physical shape of his career. That being said, Lucas, my question to you was this. How confident are we that Harden will come back to the Sixers in better condition because of his offseason training? Are we expecting 36 points per game like the article said? No, we're not. But are we expecting Harden to be an efficient, like, 23 to 25-point-per-game score coming back? I, I think if this is the same guy that got him, and I believe that was 2016, that was his MVP season, right? 2016-17? Yes, that was the, the best year of his career. Yeah, so, yeah, I, I suspect that we're going to see uh, – not obviously – Harden's what 32 I'm going to be 33 next year Mm -hmm. so like 
I'm not expecting Harden to have an MVP season. I mean, if he does, fantastic. Um, but at the same port, at the same time, like he's he's a little bit older. I expect him to know how to keep his body in shape. And I think one thing about Harden that we've learned over the last couple of years is that his body weight can very much fluctuate. So he can do everything he can during the offseason right now, Uriah, but he has to stay disciplined during the regular season too. Because we, even in a Sixers uniform, he first came back, he was skinny, he looked in shape. And I'm not saying he looked chunky or anything, but he did add a few LBs yeah. as the, at the end of the regular season. And I'm not saying he was out of shape by any stretch of the imagination. I'm just saying... His weight does fluctuate. So keeping an eye on, you know, staying disciplined in your diet and your exercise routine will be key for Harden moving forward. We know that he has tremendous skill. He has <laughs> amazing vision as a player. The one thing that, and, and you've said this in the past, related to his endurance and his burst of speed, agility. If he's in the gym with this world-renowned trainer, and mm-hmm. he's committed already. It's not even July yet. He's already in the gym. There's video footage of him training. I think that is nothing but a green light and a plus sign for the Sixers. One other thing that I, I didn't mention when I was reading the article is the author mentioned that uh, James Harden played at least 70 games a season for the next three seasons. This is after he was training with favorites back in Houston. So mm-hmm. I think I'm, I'm confident. I think that Harden is dedicated to his craft. I think he's he's still hungry. He knows that he has a phenomenal uh, one-two punch with him and Embiid. And we'll we'll just have to wait and see. But I think all signs are showing positive signs at, at this point. Regarding, I guess, even though this isn't in the agenda, would you feel do you feel more com- would you feel more comfortable the Sixers giving him the max extension, knowing he's putting this type of work in, or do you still think he doesn't mm. deserve the max? Yeah, that's a good question at this point. We did discuss this b- before, but the reality is it's it's not so much the training, it's it's the age. It's also yeah. it's yeah. also the number of years you give him. And if you give anything more than 3 years, I think oh. you, you're tying up the franchise a la Andre Iguodala, a, a la Elton Brand. And we don't want to be in that situation again. No, certainly not. I think if anything you want to line up his because i'm thinking right now maxi's in his second year he has two more years and then he'll get his max extension guess who comes off the books in two years uriah tobias so right. then you, yeah yeah you're absolutely yeah, right so, yeah. so you you can if you can finagle harden into taking like a three-year deal and making the third year like partially guaranteed or you know a team option to where or a player option to where he could opt out, you could open up another max slot there. Yeah. Absolutely. So then you have, you know, both, you know, Joel still under contract, Maxi's rookie extension, which we is suspect right now is probably going to be close to the max, if not the max. Fair enough. You can still get a max contract in there. Oh, absolutely. Though here's my crazy take. I honestly think most teams now are building with two stars versus three stars, and I think it's better if you build out your depth. But that's just me. You look at the teams in the finals, you know, it speaks for itself. But, like, overall, yeah, I, I think it's 
I think the Sixers are going in the right direction. I think a three-year deal would be ideal for the Sixers with James Harden. Speaking of contracts, Lucas, so mm-hmm. Adrian Wojnarowski from ESPN tweeted uh, just the other day. He said, ESPN sources, the NBA and NBA Players Association are holding preliminary a preliminary meeting on the collective bargaining agreement in Boston today. Both can opt out of current of their current deal in December. Both sides are preparing for serious talks on a new CBA across coming months. Now, this is not necessarily directly associated with James Harden, but kind of sort of. So we know that how Harden has moved around the NBA the past few years. So, and it's, you know, Ben Simmons is, He's just like at the top of the pyramid with this whole the, the controversy and, and leverage. Is that, he though? Is he, he? He has to be. What about Kyrie? Kyrie played. He, he played. He played in playoffs. He played. They got swept. Okay. But he played. But cool. How many times has Kyrie just chosen not to play though? Well, Kyrie, according to him, it was the vaccine situation. No, 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 no. Not just the vaccine. How many times did he take sabbaticals without letting the team know? Okay. How many? Th- yeah, well, let, let me get to the question. Let me get to the okay, question. Fine, fine, let me get to fine, the question. Fine, let me get to fine, the question. Fine, so, because okay, okay. this is about you know Sixers, James Harden. Okay. okay does okay. James Harden? And if you want to, you know, if you want to bring Kyrie in, that's fine. Oh, does I'm James Harden. Does James Harden deserve blame for NBA owners possibly having more leverage in the CBA discussions, or does the blame mostly fall on Ben Simmons, or in your case, Kyrie Irving? Look, uh. James played all those games. Did he play well? Did he try? No, he didn't probably. And that's on him. But at the end of the day, he did not break any rules. You can't, you can't like, if you decide to play a player that does not want to play, you can't expect him to play at his very best. Okay. Harden clearly didn't do that. And he was still like an above average starter. Okay. Chris would say fantastic in the league. I, I I would not say that, but that's, you know, that's Chris, not me. But, no, this all goes on two players, and it's Kyrie Irving and Ben Simmons. Okay, and I think they both share equal amount of, pain, uh, of responsibility for what's about to happen to the players. Because, you know, Uri, you've seen collective bargaining agreements more than I have, because I don't remember the 99-2000 uh, season. Hmm. I was too young for that but you remember that and you know how hard owners dig in on certain things. One of those things I remember last CBA, which was, I think what 11, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was decreasing the length of, of, you know, long-term contracts. Cause I remember players used to have like seven year contracts, right? Yeah. That, they, they, that was, yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. So they decreased, but like that was a major thing that was like an issue. And this Ben Simmons, you know, basically refusing to play. You can he can say all he wants, but on the outside looking, at it, it looks like he was you know full full of it. Now he's making a deal with Lincoln and whatever. I think it's Lincoln, the car company, and then Kyrie. Okay, vaccine or not, let's just put that to the side because that's more of a personal decision than anything else. There were times. Early on in his career with this, you know, Nets, where he just did not want to play and he didn't. And if I remember correctly, he was, even though he was on, you know, the players' union, you know, executive board, mm-hmm. he was against going to the bubble and he was yeah. telling the people he had to go. Right. You end up 
ended up going, even though he wasn't going to play. And here's my thing. Kyrie, there has been at least, I think, can think of two times where he just chose not to play and did not tell the team until after he left. Mm-hmm. And that's that should not be allowed. I, I'm sorry. Like that. I mean, I know that's a team thing, but like players can't just like dip on their team. That's exactly what he did. He dipped on his team. And like, I know that's slang, but like he, he disappeared. And I, I just think that along with Ben Simmons, like it's going to cost the players like guarantees in their deal. And I know the players union is going to fight back on it and there's going to be some type of middle ground. And you know what? One thing I would like to see come from this is that we don't have another situation like John wall. Well, that, yeah, well, that's another can of worms. Let, let me chime in here yeah. real quick. So you, you brought up the 1999 lockout. I remember that very distinctly because it was uh, the year that the Spurs won their first championship, and it was yep. David David Robinson teaming up with Tim, Tim Duncan. Duncan. Yep. It was a weird season. Many, many weeks were lost in, I think, almost half a billion dollars in player salaries. Fan interest crumbled. I, I remember people like just kind of forgetting that the NBA existed. I mean, I was always a Sixers fan, NBA fan, but it was frustrating for the fans. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not – predicting that there will be a lockout i'm not i'm not saying i don't right think now. so i don't think so but either. i think i would i would shift the blame more so on simmons and i see where you're coming from but hear me out remember mm-hmm. ben simmons just signed a five-year i forget how many hundreds of millions but like, uh, 100, he was given the max or one on the max Max C one eighty. Given yep. the max, and then if you look at the timeline of everything that went down and all the excuses, the drama, it, it this is going to have really, really big consequences for the players. I think the NBA, the the owners are going to come together and they're going to dig their feet in the sand, and they're going to directly point at Ben Simmons and say, "This guy, this is what he was about." This is how this is how he's hurting the bottom line. This is how he damages the integrity of the game, the respect of the fans, the 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 expectations of the fans. Kyrie Irving is not exempt from this. He is part of it. He is part of the blame. He's just been doing it a little bit longer. But the least you could say for him is that he did play. He played in the playoffs. And as far as James Harden is concerned, you you have absolutely every right not to like how James Harden forced his way out. But okay. he didn't break the rules. And, like, the thing is, yeah, did he hurt the integrity of the game? Sure, for his team. But, like, in the grand scheme of things, he didn't sit out. He didn't make a public nuisance about I mean, yeah, it was leaked. But, like, everything gets leaked. You know that, Uriah. Like, the bigger thing is, like, he still played even though he did not want to. It's the, if, if the team thought that he wasn't going to perform at his best, they should have sat him. Right. Okay, and they ended up doing that, if I remember correctly, for the Nets because it was injury. Same thing with the Rockets. Mm-hmm. So, like, he, I don't like, I don't know how you police what Harden did. There's nothing mm-hmm. you can do to police what Harden did. Okay, right. but you can police what Kyrie did, and you certainly can police what Simmons did. Now, do I think players should lose guarantees in their contracts? Absolutely not. It does not work on the NFL level. We see it. NFL is horrible in that regard. I don't think the NBA should do that. But I will, I will say this about Terry mm-hmm. Irving. There's one major factor that could be considered 
like the main, I guess, focus of the reason why all this drama went down around him not playing. If there had not been a pandemic, maybe this whole thing is nothing with Kyrie. Where maybe, maybe, maybe it is. Maybe it don't. Yeah, you're right. You're right about that. It's it's a, it's a very weird, unordinary, um, unordinary disorder, unordinary yeah. circumstances that no one foresaw. And mm-hmm. if he's putting his beliefs on the line and he's trying to take a stand for himself and I guess for whoever he thinks is following him, then, yeah, you find him and he's not going to get paid. But again, if there's no pandemic, Kyrie probably plays and there's really no argument here. I mean, I don't care about him sitting out for the vaccine that's that's a moot point to me i'm talking about the other stuff but you're right that other stuff did happen during the year of the pandemic so i'm i'm gonna leave you know what i'm gonna say that's fair but like the ben simmons thing i don't know how you like i think you have to put in a provisional clause somewhere in these contracts and i'm not saying get you know put them on like regular player or like even mid-tier players contracts but like the max guys like you have to have some sort of protection built in there maybe you only give like one team like for that one player that you're kind of like i don't know about him Mm -hmm. but then like you're singling out i don't know yeah this i don't get paid enough for this yeah yeah yeah. that's that's up to the the big time attorneys for each 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 franchise and the councils (laughs) and all that but last question we'll wrap this up how confident are we that the clause in the CBA, should it come to fruition, actually be labeled the Ben Simmons clause? I think it should be. I don't know. It could either be Ben Simmons or Kyrie. Either one would be appropriate, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I, I think it's going to be one of the two. I just don't know which one. What, what do you think? I I agree. This is a major thing. It, it reminds me of, and you 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 bring it up quite often because you know a lot about you know free agency. The whole Larry Bird clause, bird rights, bird rights. You have the Gilbert. Him. You know, you have the Gilbert Arenas clause too. Mm-hmm. And let's talk about recent hirings in the uh, in the NBA. There's two m- most recent hirings and another opening actually. Let's start with the Lakers first, because why not? They're Lakers. Boo, whatever. But they did make a really good hire in Darvin Ham. So what are your thoughts on the hiring of Darvin Ham there? Well, first off, I want to say that I was surprised. <laughs> really? Would, okay. Yeah, that they would go with a first-time head coach, just considering the amount of stars on that team. And I'm sure I'm not the only person that, that was surprised. The one thing that's good is is Darvin Ham, and I remember him as a player. He played in the NBA. He played mm-hmm. most notably with Milwaukee. That was probably uh, the prime of his career. Never really averaged a lot of points. He was more like a, a hustle-type player, rebounder, defender. Little interesting fact, did you know that he broke a rim in an NBA game? I did not, but I know his nickname was Duncan Darvin. Well, that matches perfectly because if you watch, there's a, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll share it with you. He's on the break and he got the ball, went up, yammed it, and the, the backboard shattered. I was like, what? Ooh. I thought <laughs> so, only Shaq could do that. Okay. Shaq and Daryl Dawkins, right? Yeah. So I am surprised. I look, the guy has a really interesting personal story. He was shot in the face as mm-hmm, when he was younger. So, yeah. So in this press conference, he was saying, look, I don't I'm, I don't fear anything. This is what I've had to endure. 
and to go into a locker room with my peers. He actually played against LeBron when LeBron was younger. So I listen, if you look at some of the look at the coaches that are having success in these playoffs, they're they're kind of relatively new coaches. So, hey, maybe maybe the Lakers are taking a shot just like Phoenix and Boston did. What do you think? Look, Darvin Ham has been an assistant for a long time. He's definitely deserved a chance to be a head coach. I'm very happy for him in that regard. I also think he's the perfect type of guy. You know, you said he was a very physical defender, very gritty player. That's the type of guy that LeBron needs to challenge him. Uh, Obviously, Darvin has done great things with Giannis. I think the idea is to get him to motivate Anthony Davis to do better, as well as – it's just the that you know what it kind of reminds me of. It reminds me of the Ty Lue hire back when Ty Lue was an assistant on the Cavaliers, and then they hired him, and then LeBron and Ty Lue clicked. I think it's going to be one of those things. Mm-hmm. I'm really interested to see how you know. It looks like Russell Westbrook has bought into Coach uh, Ham's system because he was already at conference when it happened. So I'm I'm all for it. I think it's a good move. I I'm I'm honestly. I think getting a former player was the right move. I don't know if getting a guy, you know, who's never coached before was, but getting a former player was the right move because I don't think anybody else could have the bravado to deal with LeBron James and that front office than a former, a tough former player. So on that note, the other hiring, which I think I was more shocked about, is Kenny Atkinson getting hired by the Charlotte Hornets. What are your thoughts on that? Well, looking at his career, he was a longtime assistant coach with the Knicks and the Hawks. Uh, so he's been around stars. He's been in playoff series. The last time he actually was a head coach was with the Brooklyn Nets against our Sixers in 2018-2019. I think that was the series where Ben Simmons and uh, Jared Dudley were <laughs> going back. Yeah, that was kind of yeah, funny. That was funny. So he's he's seen the playoffs. He has experience. As far as what Charlotte is expecting him to do, we have to wait and see. But something tells me that they're going to be an up-tempo team just because of the roster they have with LaMelo and obviously um, Bridges. Yeah, I remember his name this time. Miles Bridges. I remember. I always forget his name. What do you think of Atkinson's hiring? Surprising, honestly, because the other name for this job was Mike D'Antoni. And you mentioned how they would be an up-tempo team just based off of LaMelo Ball, Bridges, a couple other players that they have on that roster. I was thinking D'Antoni would be the idea. This would be the, like the perfect place for D'Antoni to put into a system and have them play that fast, you know, up-tempo pace. Lamelo Ball feels like the Mike D'Antoni type of player. I was really surprised they went the other direction. And, I, I mean, part of me understands it, though, because Atkinson really developed a culture of, you know, hard work and winning in Brooklyn. I mean, he turned around. De- he made D'Angelo Russell an all-star. He started the development of Jared Allen, Karis LeVert. It, and that was, he was part of the reason why KD and Kyrie chose Brooklyn. Now, ultimately, they didn't like his style, so they kicked But I, I think it's a good fit, but it wasn't the hiring I was expecting. I was really expecting D'Antoni. And I was kind of hoping for it, too, because then I, we would stop hearing any you know whispers of D'Antoni coming to the Sixers because I don't want that. Right. The, I mean, obviously the upside for that would be imagine Tyrese Maxey under Mike D'Antoni, but at the same token, it's not good for Embiid. So, yeah. you know, 
anyway, that's just my thoughts there. You're right. It didn't happen this offseason, but if it did, would you have been disappointed if we had lost any of our assistance to a head coaching position? Well, considering we have half a dozen, uh, maybe even a little bit more, uh, I guess we probably wouldn't miss them that much considering that we couldn't advance to the conference finals with these amazing assistants. And I'm not taking a shot, but look, Sam Cassell, if he, if he left, I'd be disappointed because I think he, the fact that he has NBA championships in his under his belt and he's been around for a while coaching, I would like to see him if doc doesn't work out for him to, to get that baton and, and, and keep this, this team together, keep it going. Burke and Jaeger, I think they have experience, so I wouldn't be surprised if they were hired at some point. Jamie Young was an assistant coach with Boston for a long time. Brian Adams. Oh, he, he went back to Boston. Oh, he, oh, he did go back to Boston. Yes, okay. he did. Yeah. Uh, Brian Adams seems to be uh, the least experienced, so he probably wouldn't even be considered. But, but yeah, other than Cassell, I'd, I probably wouldn't care. I mean, yeah, I, I like Cassell as a potential doc replacement. I also like Jaeger. I think Jaeger is a really good head coach. He just can't get along with front offices. Mm. But, like, he, he could definitely be a, a head coach in the league. I don't know about the rest of the guys, but those two, I mean, it would certainly hurt the Sixers. But at the end of the day, we were without Jaeger for part of the season, and we were still okay. But I really like Sam Cassell. He certainly deserves a position. Why I would be happy for him if he got it, I, I would – Certainly be sad it wouldn't be with the Sixers. On that, oh, before we go, you're right. I did mention at the beginning there was a head coaching position available now. Mm-hmm. Could Utah's head coach, Quinn Snyder, step down? Mm-hmm. First off, let, I have two questions for you. One, if the Sixers decided to just change course on their position on Doc, would you want Quinn Snyder to replace him? No. He, okay. He hasn't won anything, so I don't. Uh, and okay. I, don't, I can't really say that he's known for any particular style. I mean, Utah fans would probably disagree with me, but I don't watch enough Utah basketball to be super impressed. I mean, it's mostly just a lot of Donovan Mitchell pick and rolls with a lot of off-ball movement with their shooters. It's That's about yeah. it. Um, it's generic, but, I mean, they run it so well, or they ran it so well. Um, the other thing is – do you think a Sixers assistant should take over in Utah? Look, as long as it's not Sam Cassell, <laughs> Bon Voyage, Jaeger, best of luck, Dan Burke, best of luck. I, I'm I, kind I, of indifferent. I think Utah should blow it up. I hope they I, do too. Because like, okay, they will. I think Rudy Gobert is gone this summer. I, I really do. I don't know where, but I think he's gone. Brooklyn. You know you know what? No, no, no. I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. Sign and trade. Send Aiden to Utah and get Rudy Gobert to the Suns. Okay. That you think that will convince Donovan to be to be happy again? Donovan. I mean, maybe. But if not, you still have a nice building block and Aiden, who probably in the right circumstances could average 22 a game. Yeah. Um, and then. If Donovan goes, I would be looking at teams like Miami, the Knicks. For maybe. who, Gobert? Or for no, 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 no. For, for Mitchell. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, I'm trying to think of other market. I, I don't think – I think the Sixers are out of the running for him. I don't think we have enough. Yeah. And I probably, honestly, unless we threw a maxi, which I wouldn't, hmm. 
I thought about it earlier in the offseason. I was like entertaining the idea, but then I realized, nah, I wouldn't. But all right, Lucas, the next topic revolves around the NBA finals, not the current NBA finals, but the 10 greatest players to never win an NBA finals. And I'll go to the Bleacher Report list and then we can debate whether or not we agree with the order or if someone was left off the list. All right, so there are some familiar names on here. Anybody who watches basketball knows these players, but the question is, do they have the order in the right place? All right, so here's Bleacher Report's top 10 NBA stars to never win a ring. First, they have Charles Barkley. Second, Karl Malone. Third, Elgin Baylor. Fourth, Chris Paul. Fifth, John Stockton. Sixth, Allen Iverson. Seventh, Patrick Ewing. 8th, Steve Nash, ninth James Harden, and 10th, Russell Westbrook. What do you think of that list? I think you got the right names. I don't know if you have the right order. All right. Tell us why. Okay. I'm okay with Charles being number one. That's fine. Carl Malone can be number two for I You know, you can even debate on who should be where, but I'm I'm okay with those two being the top two. Three is where I have a problem. I like Elgin Baylor. But technically, he was on a. He began the season where a Lakers team actually did win a championship. That he just wasn't on the roster at the end of the year. So mm-hmm. I don't even think he should be on the list. Maybe, maybe you replace him with somebody like Reggie Miller. I know he was in the honorable mentions. You could also throw in like probably Carmelo Anthony or Dominique Wilkins. Just, just a couple names there. There are some other notable mentions: Pete Maravich, George Irvin, Damian Lillard, David Bing. I didn't even know David Bing was a player. To be honest with you, I'm pretty good on my NBA history, but I was not prepared Dave for that. Bing from the Pistons. Uh, Lenny, Lenny Wilkins. I thought he was just a coach. To be honest, and he did win a title. And then you had Nate Thirdman. I, I honestly thought Nate did win one. That's my bad. But anyway, going back to this, so you, you can take Elgin off. But at number three, I would probably have Chris Paul. I would have Chris Paul. Okay. And then number four, I'd probably have Allen Iverson. Mm-hmm. Number five, James Harden. Number six, John Stockton. Number seven, Patrick Ewing. Eight Nash, nine Westbrook, and then probably put in ten. I'll put in Reggie. I just feel for Reggie, you know. <laughs> okay, I'll give it to Reggie. All right. Well, I, I'm gonna go based on stars who not only were icons of the game, but okay. stars that did more with less. So, yes, we know. You probably know the teams better than I did. Okay, I'll give well, you Well, I, I just know that, look, Utah had a really good team. Yeah, and, they did. And I don't want to diminish John Stockton they and just ran, Carl Malone. He just ran into I, Michael Jordan. I think considering that they had each other for so many years, there was continuity. Jerry Sloan was a Hall of Fame coach. They always had great role players. They had a really tremendous home team advantage, at least home court advantage in Utah. So I'm not saying that they don't belong on the list. I think they should be higher up, maybe like seven, eight, nine, ten. I think Iverson is, is number one because you if so. you look what yeah, 
they're like the NBA star n- never to win a championship, considering he had <clears throat> Eric Snow as his point guard. Dikembe Mutombo was a really nice center, but a little long in the tooth and going up against Shaq. What are you going to do with that? He had uh, Aaron McKee. I think he was the second leading scorer, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, he was, he was the sixth six man. man. Yeah. He, he had, <laughs> oh my goodness, uh, Raja Bell, who had just signed with the Sixers that year. He just was playing. I think he was a YMCA. rookie. Wasn't, wasn't he yeah, a rookie? He's playing in the finals with Raja Bell. And Jumaine Jones, I mean, these are guys that, like, they're pulling off the street. And AI, I mean, heart and soul, buck 60, soaking wet, six feet tall. He, in my opinion, the greatest player not to win a championship. Then you go Charles Barkley. Then I go Chris Paul. Okay. Then I'm going to go, I guess, I I guess I'll go, uh, you know, I'm going to go Reggie Miller. Okay. Just because Reggie was clutch and a fierce competitor. And the one thing I really respect about Reggie is that he stayed with the same team his whole career. Yeah, that was impressive. Yeah. Yeah. I remember being a kid, Lucas, and watching Reggie Miller in like the mid-80s as a rookie. And I was like, wow, this guy really is skinny. <laughs> but but he we had no fear. He always went up against Jordan and the Knicks, and, and he just fought and fought and finally made it to the finals. Never won, obviously. But, yeah, and then you can you know toss around you know those other players in there. I don't know about Dominique Wilkins. Uh, I mean, yeah, he's the human highlight row, but did he ever – I don't know. Was he a winner? He was a great he highlight like, player. Did he ever make the conference finals? I think he made it one year. I believe so. It, he either went against Detroit or Boston and clearly okay. lost. And here's my other thing. I don't know how I feel about having Westbrook on this list. Like, skill-wise, yeah. absolutely. But, like, okay, outside of that 012 uh, – 2012 team right did he ever get to conference finals i don't think he and kd ever made it to the conference finals right or did they make it that they went to the finals they went to the finals that one year i think yeah yeah they they went to the final i think they lost to golden state one year was that the year that they lost to golden state was that the okay but he couldn't make it without having a all-time great player top 10 player of all time and yes i think we can put kd in that list now yeah yeah, Harden definitely deserves to be on this list. Steve Nash should be too. I yeah. agree. I, I think Steve Nash was an amazing player considering I think he was more of a soccer what, player. <laughs> yeah, he was a soccer player at one yeah. point. Um, How do you feel about Patrick? I don't know how I feel about those Knicks teams. Oh, you have to, you have to respect those Knicks teams because I mean, yeah, they, no, they were hard, really, man. Yeah. They were, gr- they were grinders. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, that was Miami Heat culture before Miami Heat culture. Yeah. I mean – I just, I did he have the requisite talent to win it all though? Oh, absolutely. Like, Patrick you think Ewing, so? Patrick Ewing was a no, no, monster. No, no, I'm talking about his teammates. His or teammates, is the, like, is he in the AI camp? Because, like, yeah, I see what I, you're I, saying. All right, here, yeah. here's where right? the distinction is is clear. All right, yeah, he had, he had John Starks. Yep, he had uh, was Star- John Starks was Mark- an all star though, right? He wasn't, but he was a very good player. He, he had. had- he had who else did Ewing have? He had Mark Jackson. I think Mark Jackson was. Yeah, Mark Jackson was an all star. I, I think he was an all star, but he had a really good team, and he had Pat Riley as his coach for a long time. He just ran into Michael Jordan but, every year. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And the irony is, and you mentioned we were talking about it earlier, is the 1999 lockout season, the year that the Knicks went, they played against obviously the Spurs and lost. That mm-hmm. was when they had Larry Johnson, Allen Houston, Patrick Ewing was hurt that year. So he couldn't oh, that's play. right. Yeah. 
I felt bad for him. They had Marcus Camby in there in the center, but they were they I remember listening to a uh Zach Lowe podcast and he was talking to um Jeff Van Gundy mm-hmm. about it, and they were they were saying that Pat didn't want to play Ewing because he thought Camby matched up better against the Spurs. I think he or, was hurt. I could have sworn he was hurt. I mean, I think so too, because I, I remember his last season, what was it, like 2003, and he was on the Magic at that point. Yeah, yeah, it was weird seeing him in that outfit. Yeah, is he still the head coach of the Hoyas, or did I Georgetown so. fire? Yeah, yeah, I was. He's still the coach because I know he had a rough season last year, so I wasn't sure. But um, yeah, no, I mean it's a it's a fine list. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, I mean you could put Reggie on there, but at the same time, like I'm okay with keeping Elgin on there because he wasn't. Yeah, like it's okay, it's yeah. whatever. But. Let me let's, let me ask you this next, yeah, because we still have a few little subtopics. Of, of course, of course. Actually, let's just skip to the the last one so we can get to the the other topic. Mm-hmm. So before we move on, let's just look at good fortune versus bad fortune, and all these players for whatever reason there were certain rivals in the conference that were just dominating at the time period or what have you, whether it's injury or any freak accident. So who do you think, Lucas? had the worst luck on their journey. That is so hard. Oh, gosh, because winning a title is luck. Look, okay, Steve Nash never made it there, so I can't really say it on Let's just think about the players that actually made it to the NBA Finals. Right. Probably everyone you Everyone, except Nash Yeah, and Harden. No, Harden made it with the oh, – yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Nash is the only one that did. Yeah. Nash, uh, yeah. So let's think about it. How many of these guys ran into Jordan? You have Barkley, Malone, Stockton, Ewing, Ewing. right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then out of that, how many of them? Okay. So how many of them were injured? Ewing was injured when they actually made it there, right? Ewing played in the '94 Finals against Akeem, and they lost. That's right. Seven games. That's, yeah. That's twice. I forgot about mm-hmm. that. Okay. So. I'm going to say AI. Okay. I'm going to say AI, and this is the reason why. Because legit, there was nobody in the league that could beat Kobe and Shaq. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> I, I'm like, yeah, you could say Jordan was pretty great too, and I'm not denying. Like, his Bulls teams were fantastic, and there's no denying that. But at the same time, like, they had the requisite talent to compete with those teams, AI didn't. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say AI. Who who did you have? I'm not going to say AI. I'm okay. going to go out and I'm going to mention uh, I'm going to mention Reggie Miller first, and then I'll okay. talk about those Utah teams. So Reggie Miller, Lucas, remember he played so many years with the same team. Yeah, he went up against Shaq and Kobe, and and they lost in 2000. But Talk about unlucky. The one season, it was his last season where oh, yeah. Yeah. where they he had on his team, he has some really young studs. They had Ron Artest, he had Steven Jackson, Jermaine O'Neal. And the interview, if people saw the Netflix special, Mouse of the Palace, Reggie Miller was he he felt that could have been their year. And the way that it was shaping up, they were gonna be contenders. The only team that was really mm-hmm. in their way was the Pistons. So I, I feel for Reggie because that that could have been his last hurrah to get a ring. So I think he was unlucky in that aspect. And just real quick, 
look, I remember watching the Utah Jazz every year. They made deep playoff runs. I, I saw that. I remember when they sent Barkley home crying because Stockton hit that game winning three in that, that game six or seven. I forget. But mm-hmm. but the team themselves, look, Utah in the in the 90s was even the late 80s was an outstanding team. They just couldn't get past Jordan and the, they couldn't even beat Jordan when he was sick with the flu. Right. Yeah. <laughs> there was a time to win that, a game. There was that one. But so nobody could beat Jordan, though. That's the thing. The only time it, after Jordan figured it out in the 90s, there's only one team that Jordan played on in the 90s that lost in the playoffs. And that's because he joined them midseason. And guess who they lost to? They lost to Shaq. Yeah. And the reason why is because they were they didn't have Rodman at that point, and they were severely undersized. They didn't have Horace Grant, and Horace Grant was on the, that Magic team. So yeah. like you, Utah couldn't even beat the Bulls when Rodman was partying with Madonna and and okay, maybe actually <laughs> Rodman though. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. You know, on a side note, I know this has nothing to do with it, but you're talking about like the formation of teams and it was really interesting because i was i just watched all the smoke podcasts you know mm-hmm. with matt barnes and steve yeah. jackson i watched mm-hmm. that today while i was re- working on a Sixers article by the way you guys should check it out as former 20 former sixers uh fr- potential free agent targets um and grant hill was talking about how in 2007 phil jackson called him three times during free agency could you imagine if mm. Grant Hill, even during you know a diminished Grant Hill, would have joined Kobe? What that would have looked like? Wow, I didn't I didn't hear that one. That yeah, yeah, great. yeah. Could you imagine Grant Hill, Pau Gasol, Kobe Bryant? That would that, be a nice squad. Because right even Grant Hill, after all those injuries, I think he was averaging like sixteen points a game for the Suns, wasn't he? Yeah, I think so. He he was out there yeah. with who was he out there with Penny Penny Hardaway. No, 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 that was pre-injury. Oh, okay, yeah. I'm talking about during the 2007 was when he joined the Suns. That was okay. Nash, Dottemeyer. Um, that was after the Shaq trade, too. Yeah. I think. Yeah, that was after the Shaq trade. So it would have been Shaq as well as, yeah, that was a really good team. Talk about a team that underachieved anyway. <laughs> All right, so uh, if you're listening you're- to the podcast, please, uh, there are spoilers coming. If you have not seen the movie Hustle, just cut it off right now and listen to the next episode because we are about to preview, actually not preview, we're about to review the movie Hustle on Netflix. All right, like like Uriah said, we're doing, we're doing a review of the movie Hustle. If you didn't hear Uriah's warning, I'm going to say it again. We are going to be playing spoilers. If you don't want to hear the spoilers, please turn off the podcast right now. Listen to a previous episode or a future episode, depending on what time you're listening to this to. All right. With that being said, Uriah, what did you like about the movie? I liked so much. I was was skeptical because I'm very critical of any basketball film. It's either the plot is horrible along with the acting or the the basketball scenes are not they just don't come together as a, yeah. as a basketball fan. So I I'll just give you a few things. I I enjoyed the the underdog story. I enjoyed mm-hmm. 
all of the NBA stars and 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 coaches and owners, a lot of them were Philadelphia mm-hmm. related. So, uh, you know, seeing Dr. J uh, in the same room with Pat Croce, seeing Doc Rivers at the end, you know, coming out of the tunnel with with, with uh, Tobias and Maxi as well as Bible, that yeah. was really cool. Look, Adam Sandler is just hilarious, uh, and he's a good actor. He is a good actor. He's a good actor. I, I didn't. Well, I'll save what I didn't like later. But but I liked yeah. it in that I liked the ending because yeah. they made it so that you know the combine thing. You know, he got into the a little scuffle with Anthony Edwards, which was hilarious, by the way. AKA Kermit. Kermit. They named what him, kind of name is uh, that? Yo, I. Adam Sandler was like you. He's named after a Muppet. Don't let him get underneath <laughs> your skin. I was just like, they named this dude Kermit. Yeah. I yeah, but, feel like but, that was a troll move by Anthony Edwards. It probably it, was. It, it, probably it was, was brilliant. Yeah. I loved it. So I, I liked how they ended it, where they had that little secret scrimmage, and Trey Young was in there with some other oh, yeah. NBA players. That's and the cool. last thing that I really enjoyed, in so many Philadelphia references, the city, the landscape. Wells Fargo Center, obviously the the Camden training facility, which had a really mm-hmm. nice scene overlooking the Delaware River with the, the floor to ceiling windows. It was beautiful. Mm-hmm. But shout out to Anthony Gargano. I call his show from time to time. He had a, a lot of roles. Like he was like a reporter asking questions of Adam Sandler and, and he did a great job. But the cuz has been on TV before and he he's very comfortable with in that role. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot to like about it. I like the acting. I like the storyline. It was a really well thought out storyline with some unpredictability. You know, most sports movies, you have some predictability, but there was a level of unpredictability here that I, I really enjoyed. And I think the acting, especially on Adam Sandler, like he should be nominated for that. I think, like, I know he got nominated for his um, Kevin. Garnett movie what was that um uncut gems uncut gems, I think yeah, yeah I, I haven't seen that yet I want to now but I it's on I think it's on uh Amazon and I don't want to pay for it yeah. um <laughs> okay first off him and Queen Latifah have a really like it wasn't like ultra romantic but it was very cutesy kind of like dynamic between the two of them mm. and um and you know what one thing and I'm sure you probably remember this you you you, I know you played ball in high school, so you probably remember this. If the coach had a daughter, the daughter was always crushing on at least one dude on the team. Oh, yeah. And th- they made sure Adam Sandler's daughter was crushing on the uh, Juan Herman, Hernan Gomez, Juancho, who yeah. was playing the main guy, which, by the way, he did a great job. He did. I, I didn't think that he could act. Good but, acting chops. He's got yeah, a career right. after basketball. Right? Um, gosh, he was really thin at the beginning of the movie. I was just like, He's a real NBA player. Are we sure? He used to but, play uh, with Minnesota. I wonder if he was ever. No, he uh, started. So they started film because I watched uh, KG certified. Okay. And KG had Adam Sandler talking about the movie on there. And he was talking about how they started the filming. Him and Anthony Edwards were teammates on Minnesota. And then because it took three years to do all the principal shooting because of the mm-hmm. pandemic and everything, they ended the movie when they weren't teammates. And it was really sad for them. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I remember that looking that up online. I'm like, these guys played together at some point, but yeah, they did. They yeah, they were they're actually really good friends. But yeah, no, I just I was surprised the amount of MB Brad Stevens made a cameo. Like Brad Stevens, yeah. I was just like, oh, 
didn't want to be there. Okay. He had a speaking role too, I think. Yeah, he actually was talking to Adam Sandler's character yeah. towards the end. How about Jay Wright? Jay Wright was in the building. Yeah, and they had uh, Kenny Smith playing a, an agent. That was interesting. But yeah, then they had the rest of the TNT crew on there, but without Kenny. And I'm just like, that's a little weird, but okay. Did you okay. like the Alan Iverson? Uh, yeah, appearance? Alan Iverson video uh, shout out. Yeah, he that was great. I liked, I liked how they had a little bit of like the drama in the front office. I'm a big like, I like the, I like the idea of what goes around in the backgrounds mm-hmm. and movie draft day i don't know do you remember draft day uh kevin costner i Football do not day. i do not okay so like in the mid 2020 teens kevin costner came out with the nfl draft day movie and he's like the gm of the browns and there was a lot of drama and like stuff back and forth and this movie captured that on the nba level which i appreciate father and, like, son it, father yeah. son who'd that remind you of when it comes to the sixers oh what uh, do you think that was a shot do you think that was a shot? I didn't uh, think about that. Do you think be. that was a shot? Could be. I don't know, man. Big big collar, Brian. <laughs> you know what? the The son did have a big collar, though. Did he? He did have. Man, I that's, it, that, I, 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 I don't know was, who they. I thought the son was Justin Timberlake in the very beginning. I'm I like, thought it was too. I thought head. he shaved his head, and then I was like, "No way, son! That's not Justin. Who the heck is this guy?" He's good though. He he played the villain very. Anti- I'm I'm not gonna say he's a villain, but he was an antagonist. He was believable. He, yeah, yeah, he was believable. And like I liked how they the daughter. It it felt like at the end it felt like a genie bus type thing, right? Mm-hmm. With the Lakers. Yeah, she stepped in and took over. Yeah, yeah, she was like, I'm taking more active role. I'm just like, yeah, <laughs> there we go. Um. So yeah, no, I liked it. So you're right. What are some of the things that you didn't like? Two things stood out to me. Okay. One, the the act, I guess the casting. I was not a fan of Queen Latifah being really. Alive. I listen. I really? love Queen Latifah. I think she's an amazing okay. actress, singer, rapper. Ladies first, right? Nineteen eighty-eight, eighty-nine. But listen, showing your age there, man. I know. I'm. <laughs> I grew up in a great era of hip hop, man. I'm not gonna lie. But anyway, so Queen Latifah. I I just I didn't buy her 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 relationship with uh, Sandler as, you know, uh, husband and wife. And I, I did not buy the one thing that almost made me turn it off was when he went, really? to, yeah, he went to Spain and he comes okay. across this pickup game and this guy's playing basketball in, in boots. And then he starts stalking him. I didn't see enough. It, it just wasn't enough. I'm sure they probably had to cut out some of those scenes to really get that. That's a good point. They probably had to trim it down for editing purposes. But but I'm like, this guy's stalking him because he saw him play like uh, uh, like 20 minutes of basketball in boots. That's the only thing I didn't like. I was like, that really wasn't believable. But I it grew on me. His character grew on me after a time. Look, the character, I, I I it was believable to me because we know what type of scout he is. Desperate? You think he was desperate? Yeah, I think he was desperate, and that I think he had a hunch. He's the type of guy that never backs down. That's what the the older, you know, the father owner was talking about prior to him, you know, like dying and all that stuff. Yeah. So like, I was all for it. And going back to Queen Latifah, look, was it the the like the sexiest romantic relationship? No, but they had been married for almost twenty years, dude. Like. 
you saw one scene where he was massaging her feet and then you saw another scene where she was massaging his hand mm-hmm. like, that's like the small stuff that you do in a relationship yeah yeah and i can't really talk that much right well, now what did, but what did like, <laughs> what did you not like about it what did i not like about it? that's really that's hard because i liked a lot about it um i guess like i said i don't love that if you're gonna have kenny smith play somebody else that's fine but don't have the rest of his crew from tnt make a cameo and he not be a part of it or like you know what i mean it just felt a little off there and then i guess i don't like did you think a beach should have been in it yes yes that was the other thing that i was trying to think it was weird it was weird weird not there how about that they mentioned how about they mentioned trading him in the movie that was really strange. I was just like, I was just like, why? Okay, if you're not going to show him, then why not? Why mention him? Right. You know what and I mean? he wasn't like, even at the end when they were about to go out and play the game against Boston. He wasn't even visible. Which was yeah, I was weird. really confused by all of that. But you had Tyrese Maxey in there, but and you have Kyle Lowry, but not like okay, I get having Kyle Lowry because he's a big Philly like poster and everything. But like, yeah. I just, it felt if they would have had Joel, even make it like a one scene cameo, mm-hmm. I think it would have brought the movie like that much closer to reality. Right. Though I do find it funny that they got Mo Wagner to play this Haas guy. Oh yeah, Haas. Yeah. You know there was a there was a center named Isaac Haas. Mm-hmm. Uh, he played for uh, I think Purdue. And I he tried that to get name. He. I remember that name. Just wasn't like he came too late in the NBA. Like it was going away from like the slow, big muscular, big man to, he, he wasn't agile enough. I don't think. I'm glad you but brought I, up Dick. I'm glad you brought up the Kenny Smith thing. Cause he didn't, I did not buy his acting one bit. I think he needs to stick to, uh, he needs to stick to his day job or his, I, d- job. I don't think he did a terrible job. I, I thought he was, he I was it. like, what is he doing on the screen? I mean, just go back to TNT studios, Kenny. I, I love you with, Shaq and Ernie and, and and Chuck, but him playing a role, I just didn't I didn't buy it. He didn't I feel he like, didn't connect with his character, in my opinion. You know what? I would have preferred like an actual actor or like a NBA player that's not like majorly in the spotlight now. Like Rich Paul. <laughs> no, 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 no. LeBron Paul. LeBron produced the film. He could have put Rich yeah. in there. Yeah. But you know, one guy I would have liked to see in there that wasn't who's that? Big perk. Yes, that would have been fun. Uh, but I don't think when the movie they started recording the movie that Perkins had really gotten his claim to fame yet. So I, I understand right. it. But like maybe having a former player like that, or like you know who's a former player now, uh, agent B.J. Armstrong, could have thrown yeah. him in. Yeah, I think B.J. would have done a nice job. Yeah, but anyway, Uriah, how many stars out of five would you give this movie? All right. In my opinion, if you're going to check out this movie, actually, no, wait, people aren't going to listen to this if, if they know the spoilers. But maybe you agree with me. Maybe you don't. I would give it a four out of five stars. Fair. That's fair. I think I'm going to give a 4.5 out of five stars. Okay. And I'm going to say this. After watching this, this is probably my third favorite sports movie of all time, second favorite basketball movie. Mm. Okay. 
the only two sports movies I think are better is Coach Carter and Remember the Titans. Okay. That's just my personal opinion. I think this goes right up there. And you know one thing, and I'll go back to the thing that I don't like. I wish they would have made like a rock, uh, like the, uh, you know, go up the the, the staircase. They, like, I'm sure they thought of that, but they don't want to, they probably didn't want it to seem so obvious that they're trying to relate this to. I mean, they kind of did. They kind of did with that, that zigzag staircase. I don't know where that's at in it's, Philly, but. there It's called Maniunk. They're in the Maniunk section when there's a lot yeah. of hills. So, so the, I guess that was the indirect reference to Rocky Step. Because he was like airboxing once he got to the top. And I was just like, oh, that's a Rocky reference. It would have been cooler if it was on the, on those staircases. But, yeah. you know, anyway. I think on that, Uriah, I think our podcast is complete. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, everyone, for checking out the Sixer Sense podcast. This is Lucas and Uriah signing off. Please don't forget to subscribe. We're on pretty much every platform where you could find podcasts, so go check us out, subscribe. Leave some comments if you guys are interested in letting us know your thoughts. We greatly appreciate your feedback. That being said, we'll see you next time. Until then, take care. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.